0: W.A.B.C. New York and 107.1 W.L.I.R. Hampton Bays.
1: It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Five o'clock. Good morning. It is Friday, October 6th. See your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Steady rain, likely this morning. Clouds and pop-up showers this afternoon. High Saturday, thunderstorms, high 70, and then sunshine. It's really, a uh, sunshine, Sunday, there we go. It's going to feel like fall, sunshine, cooler, and the high is going to be just 62. If you are walking out the door with us right now, 65 cloudy in South Nyack up in Rockland County, 67 cloudy in Asbury Park in New Jersey, and it is 66, and we'll call it misty here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up 6 o'clock out. Our Sid and friends in the morning will start out on Staten Island. You'll remember uh, the Staten Island won this bid to stop the migrants from being moved into a former Catholic school, St. John Villa Academy, and uh, they won this battle and they even celebrated the fact that they had won this battle last week to keep the migrants out. Well, they started busing the migrants back into St. John Villa Academy yesterday, and so there were protests Overnight on Staten Island uh, trying to stop these buses from rolling in. Apparently about 100 migrants are inside this school right now. They say there's enough room for up to 300 people. These are just sort of beds on top of each other. I mean, it's not meant to be a shelter for people to live in. It was a former school. So uh, last night, one of the people leading the charge, who's been leading the charge in so many ways during this migrant mess over the last year is our own Curtis Slewa And here he was uh, outside this barrier uh, uh, as these protests took place last night
2: look 11 o'clock at night we're at st john villa they've been bringing in illegal aliens three busloads sneaking them in it's a court order eric adams swagger man with no plan while partying in mexico he's defying the order i know these people are out look at all these people here look at them they're all out protesting here because this is the alamo this is where we stop them right in their tracks before they bring in legal aliens into every neighborhood of the city this is the battleground 11 o'clock at night and no neighbors are complaining because if you're in there rather than at the roosevelt hotel you got to be out of your mind there you get three squares and everything here, you can't even get any sleep. So go back to
1: Manhattan. Yeah, that has been the argument that if you're in a hotel room here in the city, it's a whole lot nicer than being in a school where they've put you on a cot, a bed, and hand-deliver you meals that are coming from somewhere else. Uh, city sources telling us that they've bused these migrants to this school after they were granted a stay of a recent ruling by uh, State Supreme Court Justice Wayne Ozzie while it's on appeal. So more than uh, 100 apparently in the shelter already don't know if any buses got through on the overnight no doubt curtis will have a whole lot more to say about this when he joins sid on Sid and friends in the morning as he always does 705 this morning but uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens out there as they thought they had won this battle but apparently the city pushing back that battle not over that going on as a pound of crystal meth Recovered by police in a room at a Staten Island hotel that has been converted into emergency housing for migrants. The drugs apparently, were being told, stuffed inside a black bag, first spotted by a worker at the Ramada Inn. This is on North Gannon Avenue. Uh, and a, a migrant who resided in a room there where the meth was located. Uh, I assume he's been arrested. We don't have any uh, clear details on that. But police we are told, have been investigating how the drugs ended up at the hotel and who brought them there. Uh, Lots of comments coming from uh, Borough President Vito uh Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis, who represents that part of Staten Island, talking about how much it costs to house these migrants on Staten Island and how they'll continue to battle back to make sure they do not arrive there. And that going on, (laughs) it was a busy night for migrants. We go out to Queens. Where dozens of homeless people been staying at a hotel for months in Queens. Now these are homeless Americans who were kicked out last night with barely or no notice. That's what they've told us. This was at the Flushing Meadows Hotel. Which has been a city shelter for single men for a while now. Most of these men have jobs in the neighborhood and then go back to this hotel as they try to put their lives back together. As you imagine, the, with these homeless men, each has a different story of how they ended up the way they did. But they were told they have to leave. And guess who's moving into this hotel? Now it's no fantastic hotel. It's nothing to, you know, you'd write home about, but it's a place to stay. They've been told they have to leave to make room for migrants because the migrants still arriving here. The city doesn't know where to house them. So they've told these men that they're going to put them in places in the Bronx and somewhere else. But it wasn't clear last night. And uh, here were these men who you can imagine very upset about the fact that they're now going to be further away from jobs they just got and in some cases further away from family members they
3: didn't even give us a short notice they just told us woke us up and told us that we had to pack our stuff
4: everyone's packing up and getting ready to go they just said pack up and some people leave tonight others in the morning
3: you know when you're where you're going
4: to? Not at all. Yeah,
1: so that was them talking to a reporter from Channel Seven last night. The shelter uh, resident is going to residents. Uh, this is a, a motel again, going to be converted to house migrant families from Venezuela. That's some on the in city hall telling us. Um, they wouldn't comment on whether these men were being kicked out or not, but uh, the men said, "Yeah, uh, last second, told to pack up and leave."
4: Everyone's just concerned, and it's it's just a little. My anxiety is like. A little high right now, It's a lot going on, and I'm not really sure where it'll end.
1: Now, well, that guy who uh, spoke there said he was told that he'd be placed in a residence or shelter out on Staten Island. But as of last night, as he was told to pack up and leave by this morning, he wasn't even sure where he was going. And that was the case for most of the men Uh, the homeless men in this shelter in this motel out in Queens I
3: honestly don't think it's fair because I already pay taxes as it is I'm already living in the shelter and being that this is my first time going through the shelter system to get treated like this at a time when I need the help of the city that that's already crazy in itself
4: it's another obstacle that shouldn't really be there but it's but it is I just have to figure out a way around.
1: WABC News Time 509. Let's stay on this migrant story for a little more. A report in Politico, the uh, online website, has suggested New York City is struggling to respond to new cases of tuberculosis that could be connected to unvaccinated migrants who've been arriving here over the last year. Politico says the city's
3: agency tasked with monitoring new cases of TB is understaffed. And there may be rising fears
1: the bacterial infection could make a resurgence as case numbers have been on the rise for the past year. I asked NYC Health if they're ready for such a surge. And if the past year's arrival of
3: migrants could be a contributing factor, given vaccination rates may be lower in other countries. Health officials
1: say they just launched a new latent tuberculosis infection provider, all while a $500,000 TB contract remains in place with a local provider. James Flippen for 77
3: WABC News. Then
1: you have the head of Homeland Security calling for construction of a border wall in parts of Texas. Gabe Kuterres, a reporter, has more. The Department of Homeland Security waiving 26 federal laws, such as the Clean Air Act and the Safe
0: Water Drinking Act, to allow border wall construction. In Starr County, Texas, this is a major reversal for President Biden.
1: Yes, so DHS uh, Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas citing uh, acute and immediate need to waive dozens of federal laws to build a border wall in parts of Texas where illegal migration has uh, surged recently. Uh, President Biden talking about this, uh, saying his hands were tied because he could not reappropriate money that was destined for the border wall. So initially he said he was for it, then he was against it. It was kind of confusing. We'll get to it. I tried to
4: get them to reappropriate to redirect that money. They didn't. They wouldn't. And in the meantime, there's nothing under the law other than they have to use the money for what was appropriated. So, the I Biden
3: can't
1: stop that. yeah, okay, so the Biden administration said it was waiving twenty six federal laws to allow more border wall construction and a policy reversal. Uh, the White House then uh, trying to clarify what the president uh, said uh, here was Corinne Jean Pierre about this border wall in southern texas we
2: we believe that there are better effective ways of moving forward to secure our border and security we our border security and we have continuously asked for congress uh, to act
1: so the press secretary saying dhs was required by law to use the funds appropriated back in 2019 to build a section of wall uh, in parts of Texas. She said Congress refused to reappropriate the funds and the president believed a border wall is effective. We believe that we need uh, border technology that is modernized and
3: land ports of of entry. And that's what we want to see. He's been asking Congress to
2: reappropriate the funds. He has been. Uh, for the past couple of years and congress refused and we have to comply by law to get this done you'll
1: remember the president promised during his 2020 campaign that he would not build another foot of wall during his administration but here we are he looks like he will be building uh more wall 512 Let's go overseas for a moment. A Russian strike on a Ukrainian village has left 51 dead. That's according to Ukrainian authorities. President Zelensky said on Telegram a missile hit a grocery store in the Kharkiv region, calling it a demonstrably brutal Russian crime. It's one of the deadliest civilian attacks in the year and a half of war. Zelensky wrote that anyone helping Russia supports evil. I'm Mark Mayfield. Bring it back home, out to San Francisco. Funeral services for the late Senator Dianne Feinstein taking place in San Francisco yesterday. President Biden praising Feinstein in a recorded tribute during the ceremony on this hall of steps of City Hall, San Francisco.
4: She, she always served the people of California and our nation for the right reasons. May Diane's life be a reminder that the institutions of our democracy do not only depend on the Constitution that governs our nation, which she swore an oath to, to
1: uphold and defend. Our democracy depends on the constitution of our character. The vice president, uh, she was there yesterday, and she spoke as well. As
2: a public servant, Diane had the courage to take on the many tough fights. She was an American patriot, a giant of the Senate, and a dear friend to Doug and me. Diane commanded respect And she gave respect. She was a serious and gracious person.
1: Former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, she was uh, apparently very good friends with Dianne Feinstein. Uh, She talked about that relationship during this service yesterday. As
2: neighbors and friends, Dianne and I took pride in working together for California and for our values. I hope it is a comfort to you that so many people mourn your loss and are praying for you. At this sad time.
1: Yeah, she was involved in a lot of firsts, uh, Diane Feinstein, longest uh, serving female senator in American history and the first female mayor of San Francisco. 514. House Republicans scrambling to find a new speaker after Kevin McCarthy voted out of the role this week. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell wants whoever will be McCarthy's successor to get rid of that court current rule that cost him the speaker's gavel, allowing a single member to force a vote on that position. I think it makes the speaker's job impossible. So then you have uh, the people who want the job. Uh, initially, uh, Donald Trump was weighing in, said he thought he might be interested. We'll get into that in a moment. But then you have Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan and House Majority Leader Steve Scalise launching their bids on Wednesday. Uh, Oklahoma Congressman uh, Kevin Hearn apparently considered to be a likely contender, to as well, uh, contender as well. All three members making their pitch yesterday to the Texas Republican delegation. That's the largest Republican conference in Congress. More
4: than anything, we need to change the poisonous
1: atmosphere in Washington. Oh, that's not them. But uh, here's Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan. I feel
4: like I can unite conservative voters across the
1: country um, and reach out to the yeah. Uh, let's get more into this in a moment. Uh, Donald Trump uh now supporting a candidate in that race. We'll tell you who that is coming up in just a moment. But first, 5.15, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Happy Friday. Good morning, Justin Ellis.
0: Happy Friday. Good morning to you. Noam Olayden, start on the gridiron here with the Chicago Bears. Marching into Washington to beat the Commanders last night by a score of 40-20. On Thursday Night Football, Justin Fields and the Bears offense exploded in the first half. Fields threw for three touchdowns in the opening two quarters: two to T.J. Moore and one to Cole Komet to help the Bears to a 27 to three halftime lead. Much like last week, except this uh, this week they actually held on. That would be more than enough to put Washington away last night. Get Chicago off the schneid with their first win of the season. As for Washington, they drop to 2-3 and on the year with the loss. Locally this weekend, the Giants are in Miami to take on the Dolphins Sunday afternoon at 1 p.m. They're currently 11.5-point underdogs. As for the Jets... They'll be in Denver Sunday at 425 p.m. as two-point underdogs against the Broncos. Some college football to look forward to tomorrow. Noon, you've got number 12, Oklahoma, at number 3, Texas. Texas, five-and-a-half-point favorites there. Maryland is at number 4, Ohio State. They're 19-and-a-half-point favorites. That that is Ohio State in that one. And then Rutgers, they're in Wisconsin to take on the Badgers. Rutgers there, 13-and-a-half-point underdogs. And then 7 p.m. tomorrow night, you've got 20 Kentucky at number one, Georgia. Georgia there, 14 and a half point favorites. And following that at 7:30, it's number two, Michigan, 18 and a half point favorites in Minnesota. Over to the Diamond Down where all four division series are set to get underway tomorrow. The Texas Rangers are in Baltimore for game one against the Orioles. The Minnesota Twins are in Houston to get things going against the Astros. The Philadelphia Phillies head to Atlanta to take on the rival Braves and the Arizona Diamondbacks are in Los Angeles to take a crack. At the Dodgers and staying with baseball, New York Mets general manager Billy Epler resigned yesterday amid a Major League Baseball investigation into his use of the so-called phantom injured list, sources told ESPN. You're probably wondering what that is. The practice of placing players on the I.L with fake injuries is apparently a long-accepted but ethically murky part of baseball that I had no idea about. Oh. Yeah, I had no idea about this. Teams will ask players apparently often struggling and on the fringe of a roster to accept an IEL placement even when capable of playing. The player gains the benefit of service time, a major league salary, and retaining a spot on the team's 40-man roster while the team retains the player amid a potential 26-man roster crunch. So there that is, and apparently it's widespread across MLB, but they're investigating Epler. So his resignation, which came three days after the Mets introduced David Stearns as president of baseball operations, stunned at the baseball world, of course. Epler, 48, he was expected to stay on despite owner Steve Cohen officially handling Stearns' control of the team's baseball operations department this week. And in a statement, Epler said, quote, I wanted David to have a clean slate, and that meant me stepping down. Wait, so
1: I, let me understand this. So he would put people on the injured, what is it called? In the baseball? IL, the, injured the, list, right. the injured list. The injured list. And that would he he'd be able to hold on to more players that way by putting them on that Indeed, list? Indeed, because then oh, gotcha. once they okay. would come,
0: once they would come off the aisle, they'd be ready to come add him back on huh. the roster. You'd essentially be able to have an extra man so, on the roster. Oh, yeah,
1: okay. I get that how, how that's uh, you know sort of against the rules. So. Uh,
0: I would. I, yeah. Apparently, it's just frowned upon. So hmm. I don't understand where the investigation comes from if everybody's doing it. But well, maybe he's just the first one. Others are going to be taken down as well. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Just like what we saw in 2016 with the Astros, right? They get investigated, and then all of a sudden, all these other teams right. start to trickle in about cheating these well. people
2: are sick <laughs> they are sick thank
0: you thank you president trump thank you and no i'm justin ellick that's sports on 77 wabc wabc news time 521 republican
1: house members had been reaching out to former president trump to serve as the interim house speaker now that kevin mccarthy's been knocked out of that gig uh new yorkers were trying to decide if this was a good idea i'm all for it because what what they're doing to him in
4: criminal court is a crime mccarthy's a democratic punk, California Democrat.
3: Donald Trump being the speaker is absurd. Not a good choice. I think McCarthy did what he needed to do for the people. And I think that he was, I'm not a Republican, but I think that he was doing what he's supposed to do. Go Trump. I support Trump. He's being real. People don't like to hear the truth. So as late
1: as yesterday, the former president was saying he'd be interested in maybe doing it for 30, 60, 90 days. But last night, the former president waiting in for this race for the House speaker, heartily endorsing Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan as the best successor to ousted Kevin McCarthy. He went on to uh, Truth Social, his social media platform. Uh, The former president said he thought that Jim Jordan would be a great speaker of the house. So it sounds like he has sort of pulled himself out of contention for that gig. And while we're talking, uh, Donald Trump, the former president, asking a judge to dismiss his federal election interference case. Trump's
0: legal team argues his actions leading up to the 2021 attack on the Capitol are protected by presidential immunity. Trump was indicted by a federal grand jury in August for his alleged efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 election, including attempting to obstruct the electoral vote process and impeding congressional proceedings. Prosecutors argued Trump knew the results of the election were not fraudulent, but claimed otherwise to reverse his loss in key states. I'm Lisa Taylor.
1: And the former president voluntarily now dismissing his lawsuit against his former lawyer, Michael Cohen. The move comes just days before Trump was scheduled to sit for a deposition in the case. Trump was suing Cohen for $500 million over accusations he maliciously gained wealth and attention at Trump's expense. Cohen is also expected to be a key witness in Trump's separate New York hush Money case when it goes to trial next year. I'm Mark Mayfield. Okay, we're being told gas prices are going to go down just a bit. They're awfully high. Uh, not a lot, but a couple pennies or so in the next couple weeks.
0: Oil prices spiked last week and now are suddenly falling dramatically. They fell nearly 6% on Wednesday. According to AAA, prices at the pump then fell to $3.77 on Thursday. Lippo Oil Associates President Andy Lippo told CNN that they'll plunge further to about three fifty a gallon nationally over the next few weeks. I'm Lisa Taylor. It
1: does still feel like you need a jackpot to pay for gas, and the Powerball jackpot has ballooned to up to nearly one and a half billion dollars. So, these folks in New Jersey waiting in line to buy tickets, planning what to do with the money if they win.
2: I would pay my husband's
4: credit cards off, uh, <laughs> invest, and buy a home.
1: Take a trip, a long trip, somewhere in the Caribbean. I'd figure out what I was going to do from there. Yeah, what is it about always one spouse who's running up the bills? you hear that? She wants to... I would pay my husband's credit cards off. (laughs) I would let him pay them off. The estimated uh, jackpot ranks as the third largest in the Powerball game, fifth largest among lottery jackpots ever.
4: I think that is extremely high, and you have to be in it to win it. It's
1: definitely life-changing, so it's worth a shot. All right, next drawing is on Saturday night. Just in time for... Halloween, the San Francisco Bay Area is being invaded by baby spiders falling from the sky. This is not like a made-up story. This is real. They're arriving on sticky clumps of spider web, and you have all these scientists figuring this out. One of them is Dr. Fred Lieb. He's from San Jose State. He explains exactly what everybody's seeing in San Francisco. What they're
0: seeing is... Spider silk. Baby spiders perform a behavior called ballooning. Soon after they hatch, they disperse to new habitat to find new food and new places to hide so that they don't compete with their siblings.
1: Oh, that's kind of cool. He also says they can float for miles and uh, says that reports of spiders being found in the upper atmosphere, uh, some of those are real. Uh, so the sticky clumps falling to the ground, he said, yeah, those are real as well. What they
0: do is release tiny strands of silk out of their abdomen, and that gets caught on the wind and pulls the spider itself up into the air.
1: Huh, I've never heard of this before. Maybe
0: not dozens, but there could be one still in there. Uh, usually, once they land, the spider runs away. But you, you might want to check out your hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh,
1: 525, the SEC going to sue Elon Musk now. The agency's attorneys claim Musk failed to comply with a subpoena and did not testify over his purchase of Twitter. The commission said its investigation of the social media platform, now known as X, is related to whether anyone committed securities fraud in purchasing shares last year as Musk was buying stock in the company. I'm Brian Shook. Okay. Inflation impacting gas and groceries, as we just told you. Now, Girl Scout cookies, apparently. This week, the organization announced a box of cookies will range from five to seven bucks when cookie season begins in April. That seems a lot. I don't, I have to say I don't shop a lot, but seven bucks for a box of cookies. The uh, Girl Scouts uh, say the price increase is necessary due to the higher costs and decline. Of those taking part in the program, the Girl Scouts also announced they'll discontinue the Raspberry Rally cookie just one year after its debut. I guess it did not catch on. I did not try one of those. The opening bell. It rings this morning after a slightly lower close yesterday. Wall Street at the closing bell. The Dow lost nine points. S&P 500 fell by five. NASDAQ dropped. 16 Investors today will keep an eye out for the monthly jobs report that is due out at 8:30 this morning. Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Laden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, traffic, Justin Ellick sports. And now, Talking the News with Noah on 77 WABC. Yes, that's me. 531. Good morning. It is Friday, October sixth, Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Steady rain likely this morning. Clouds and pop-up showers this afternoon. High 73. Saturday thunderstorms. High 70. And then the sun reappears on Sunday. It's going to be a whole lot cooler, but it is the fall. The high on Sunday, just 62. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 65 cloudy in South Nyack up in Rockland County. 67 cloudy in Asbury Park down in New Jersey. And it is 66, and we'll call it misty here in Midtown, we'll start this half hour by going up to Dutchess County where a jail, a prison actually remains on lockdown after two correction officers were injured during a 24 hour period of violence. State officials say they expect it'll take a while to search and secure the Green Haven Correctional Facility. That's up in Stormville. The violence broke out among inmates on Monday. A state correction officers union spokesman says an inmate broke a correction officer's nose at that time. Uh, assembly members uh local lawmakers getting together saying that more has to be done to protect these correction officers and to help these people inside this particular prison.
0: I think it's like almost like a death spiral. There's uh, no way for these wardens to separate uh inmates that are currently acting up like they had in the past.
1: They're trying to sort this all out. The acting state correction commissioner uh, ordered Greenha- Greenhaven to lockdown while they search for weapons. Now it may be over. We We didn't get any response from them this morning, but uh, that officer who suffered a broken nose is apparently back home and in good spirits today. Just a wild scene in Manhattan last night. A man with a glass bottle, a broken glass bottle, attacks three women at random in Midtown last night. First attack happened in front of a Whole Foods 42nd and 6th Avenue. This was about 7 o'clock. He attacked uh, also a 22-year-old man, then went into the store up to the second floor where he then attacked a 49-year-old woman. Now, both of these victims, thankfully, they're injured, but they were taken to Bellevue Hospital with minor injuries, and they're going to be okay. He then leaves the store, makes his way onto the subway with this broken bottle uh, by Rockefeller Center, where he attacks a 55-year-old woman. She was taken to Cornell Medical Center, where she's expected to survive. Thankfully, they caught up with this creep, with this dope, and um, he is in custody, and a bunch of charges are pending. Uh, you won't be shocked to hear police telling us this morning that he is mentally unstable. 534 last week. It was today, seven days ago. Hard to believe. Remember that flood? Oh, my God. Last Friday was horrendous. Remember how hard the rain was coming down? So we were slammed with torrential flood. Um, the transportation system, subways, everything was down for a lot of the day on Friday. Uh, it seemed to come to as a shock to most of us. Now, I will point out that the MTA held a press conference last Thursday where they warned us it was going to be bad on Friday, but nobody else seemed to pay much attention to that press conference. They said, hey, subway stations are likely going to be flooded, and they were. Uh, But Mayor Adams and City Hall didn't seem to warn us except by retweeting some weather announcements, and, you know, not a lot of people are on Twitter or whatever they call it today, X. So now there's going to be this investigation into what the city did wrong and how they can handle better the next storm. Uh, You have a whole bunch of people on board with this. The New York City's uh, comptroller's office, that's Brad Lander, he's spearheading this investigation into the city's response to extreme weather in general. This is not the first time we've had brutal storms, and given the effects of climate change, it won't be the last. Extreme weather is a matter of life and death for New Yorkers. Now, while Tropical Storm Ophelia last week wasn't quite as damaging as Ida. It was the latest example of extreme weather that is sadly becoming our new climate reality. Now, this was devastating and not enough of these stories will be told. So I'll tell you one talked with a restaurant owner owner rather in Park Slope last week, the day after this flooding and. She lost everything in her basement, which was food and all kinds of items for her restaurant. The shed, uh, that dining shed outside, that was taken away by floodwaters. She estimated 50,000, maybe more, and she said she didn't have the money to pay for that. She wasn't sure how she was going to get her restaurant back open. We haven't communicated since then. I hope she was able to work it out, but she was in tears as she was talking about it. So uh, here's uh, the climate chief climate officer who knew the city had a chief climate officer, but we do. And she's talking about the investigation into storms and how we can be better prepared for the next one. We
3: will be looking at how well the city implemented those protocols and um, and whether there is room for improvement so that we're better prepared for future storms. There's there's a number of agencies listed with different kinds of roles and responsibilities for storm preparedness. So as we're looking at this and evaluating the city's response, we'll be looking across all the commitments um, from DEP, from, the, um, from New York City Emergency Management, and all the other agencies.
1: Some of this comes to cleaning out the sewer system and drains across the city so the water has someplace to go. But the other part is Seven inches of rain fell on parts of Park Slope in like a four-hour period. I I, I don't know where that rain goes. I don't know how you accommodate for all that rain, but they're going to try to sort that out with this committee at City Hall. WABC News Time 539. Mayor Adams in Mexico yesterday is his trip to Central and Southern America. He's down there to apparently discourage more migrants from coming to the city.
4: This is just the beginning of the... You know, really the journey of trying to be on the
1: ground and understand. He, he had about uh, 12 meetings in 10 hours yesterday, meeting with uh, business leaders, local officials, uh, talking with migrants. Uh, Here's a little more from the mayor. Children making
4: uh, the long trek through a jungle and then having to live in conditions of congregate shelters. It just makes it extremely
1: challenging. So he said he was down there to get the message to the migrants who continue to come across the border that uh, they shouldn't come here because it's too damn expensive to live here and that the hotels are full. It's not sustainable. And...
4: Uh, that is why I must approach this on the local level, the state level, the national level and the
1: international level. So today he'll be in Ecuador. He'll also go to Darien Gap. That's in Colombia tomorrow. That going on as Chicago's mayor. Going to do the same thing. He's going to visit the U.S. southern border as uh, neighbors in Chicago, in the windy city, protest the increasing number of migrants that are being housed in Chicago. You
2: cannot keep bringing immigrants in. The city does not have the money.
1: Mayor Brandon Johnson says he wants to witness the migrant crisis firsthand. You
3: cannot track them. You ain't. Tra- These are
1: uh, angry people in Chicago, by the way, who see all the resources being used up on the migrants that are arriving there. You can-
3: track them you ain't tracking them good at the police station you don't know their name but you want to spread them all over the city it is unsanitary it's unsafe and it's just not right
1: yeah so some of the similar protests of course that have been happening here over the last six eight months uh the mayor they're urging the federal government to provide more support to help deal with the situation same thing happening here the mayor asking for the support from the feds because it's expensive to house all these migrants that continue to arrive here 542 up to the Bronx. Four people taken into custody yesterday. Another fentanyl bus. uh, Fentanyl bus. This was near a Bronx elementary school. Federal law enforcement agents spending the afternoon going in and out of a home on Beaumont Avenue in the Belmont section. At times they were seen wearing bulletproof vests, hazmat suits and gas masks. This is ridiculous. This needs to stop.
0: I thought it was a movie. They just started coming in like a, a hit squad. You know, military, and they just jumped out, and all I hear is two Big Bangs, and everybody against the wall.
1: It was a joint operation involving the Drug Enforcement Administration. Uh, Homeland Security investigators were there as well, Uh, New York State Police, the NYPD. Uh, Sources telling us that at least four pill press machines were recovered from this house. And neighbors say thank God for the NYPD and everybody else involved for you know, knocking this thing down.
3: It's like heartbreaking because, you know, kids at elementary schools, that daycare down the block, it's easy for the kids to pick up something off the ground, put it in their mouth.
1: No uh, further details available about the four people that were taken into custody yesterday. That taking place as two of the people arrested in connection with last month's Bronx daycare fentanyl exposure death are pleading not guilty to charges. The operator of Divino Nino Daycare and her cousin in law were in a Bronx courtroom yesterday after being indicted on murder and other charges for the death of that one year old who died in the daycare. This
0: was not really a daycare center. This was a
3: drugs operation. And they use babies as a shield in order to run that operation.
1: That's the Bronx District Attorney Darcell Clark accuses them of causing the death of this one-year-old, sickening three other children exposed to fentanyl. This was at the daycare that was run out of an apartment
0: there. We feel
1: betrayed. So this is the uh, daycare operator's husband who I guess claims he didn't know what was
0: going on. Nos sentimos engañados.
3: We feel betrayed Por ese by that daycare.
1: Okay, 5:44 uh, The uh, man behind the mass shooting inside that crowded Brooklyn subway train sentenced to 10 life sentences plus 10 years in prison. U.S. attorney says 64-year-old Frank James deployed smoke grenades, uh, fired 32 shots on an N train in Sunset Park back in April of 2022. No doubt you remember this. And
3: each time he pulled the trigger on his handgun, he made the choice to try to take a life. If you plan to commit an act of violence, this office will aggressively pursue federal charges against you and prosecute you to the fullest extent of the law. And although fortunately no one died, 16 of those 32 bullets struck the bodies of the cornered innocent victims. The victims, not just those who were wounded physically, but also those who witnessed this horrific act and others who put themselves at risk to help will live with these traumatic events for the rest of their lives. Yeah, he's right
1: about that. The uh, thank God the sixty four year old creep who carried out this crime, Frank James, will likely spend the rest of his life. Well, he will behind bars. Five forty five. Let's head over to the seventy
0: seven WABC Sports Desk, and here's Justin Ellick. Hey, no maladen. Start on the gridiron here, where the Chicago Bears marched into Washington to beat the Commanders last night by score forty to twenty on Thursday night football. Justin Fields and the Bears' offense exploded in the first half. Fields threw for three touchdowns in the opening two quarters. Two to D.J. Moore and one to Cole Komet to help the Bears to 2-8, 27-3 halftime a lead. That'd be more than enough to put Washington away. And it gets Chicago off the schneid with their first win of the season. As for Washington, they drop to 2-3 and three on the year with the loss. Locally this weekend, the Giants are in Miami to take on the Dolphins Sunday afternoon at 1 p.m. They're currently 11.5-point underdogs. As for the Jets, they'll be in Denver on Sunday at 425 as 2-point underdogs against the Broncos. Some college ball to look forward to tomorrow, uh, starting at noon here. You've got 12 Oklahoma at three Texas. Texas, they're five and a half point favorites. Maryland is at number four Ohio State at noon. They're, uh, Ohio State, Ohio State, that is 19 and a half point favorites there. Rutgers, 13 and a half point underdogs in Wisconsin. And then the nightcabs tomorrow night, 7 p.m. number 20 Kentucky at number one Georgia. Georgia, 14 and a half point favorites there. And at 7 30, you've got number two Michigan, 18 and a half point favorites at Minnesota. Over to the diamond now where all four division series are set to get underway tomorrow. The Texas Rangers are in Baltimore for Game 1 against the Orioles. Uh, The Minnesota Twins are in Houston to get things going against the Astros. The Philadelphia Phillies head to Atlanta to take on the rival Braves. And the Arizona Diamondbacks are in Los Angeles to take a crack at the Dodgers. And staying with baseball here... Some local news. New York Mets general manager Billy Epler resigned and or got fired, whichever you choose to believe, yesterday amid a Major League Baseball investigation into his use of the so-called phantom injured list, sources did tell ESPN. Probably wondering what that is. The practice of placing players on the I.L. with fake injuries is a long accepted, apparently, but ethically murky part of baseball teams will ask players often struggling and on the fringe of a roster to accept an IL placement even when capable of playing. The player gains the benefit of service time, a major league salary, and retaining a spot on the team's 40-man roster while the team retains the player amid a potential 26-man roster crunch, essentially a way of manipulating the uh, 26-man roster there. Epler's resignation, which came three days after the Mets introduced uh, David Stearns as president of baseball operations stunned the baseball world. Epler forty eight was expected to stay on despite owner Steve Cohn officially handling handing, I should say, Stearns control of the team's baseball operations department this week. In a statement, Epler did say, quote, I wanted David to have a clean slate, and that meant me stepping down. So I guess he's uh uh, ad- admitting guilt, I guess you yeah. could say, with that statement, and he is out indeed. No, and I'm Justin Ellick with Sports on 77 WABC. Let's
1: get you up on the big stories of the morning. One of the bigger ones out on Staten Island. City Hall has continued placing migrants at that controversial, uh, controversial facility on Staten Island, St. John Villa Academy. You'll remember the protesters and people who were trying to stop the migrants from being sheltered in that former Catholic high school had won their battle to get the migrants out and they were vacated out of that building well over the last day 100 migrants have been put back in st john villa academy on staten island so last night there was a big protest outside the school and leading the charge you won't be surprised to hear is our own curtis Slewa. look 11
2: o'clock at night we're at st john villa They've been bringing in illegal aliens. Three bus snaking sneaking them in. It's a court order. Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, while partying in Mexico. He's defying the order. And all these people are out. Look at all these people here. Look at them. They're all out protesting here, because this is the Alamo. This is where we stop them right in their tracks before they bring in illegal aliens into every neighborhood of the city. This is the battleground. 11 o'clock at night, and no neighbors are complaining because if you're in there rather than at the Roosevelt Hotel, you got to be out of your mind. There you get three squares and everything here, you can't even get any sleep. So go back
1: to Manhattan. Yeah, well, there's an argument to be made there. It's not comfortable. It's a former high school, and they're going to put what, 300 beds, it says, it can hold, but it's people living on cots in the open as opposed to a hotel room here in the city. Uh, City Hall saying that they bust the migrants to this high school after they were granted a stay of a recent ruling by State Supreme Court Judge Wayne Ozzie while it's on appeal. So they are able to put them back in here. Now, of course, if it goes back the other way, these migrants would have to be pulled out there. But if I'm not mistaken, that 100 number is the largest amount they've had in the high school since they started trying to put them there. Those protests, no doubt, will continue. Curtis will make his 705 appearance on Sit and Friends as he does every single day. No doubt will detail these protests that went late into the night last night. That taking place. As a pound of crystal meth was recovered by police in a room at a Staten Island hotel that's been converted into housing for migrants, the drugs stuffed inside a black ba- uh, bag, spotted at the Ramada Inn. It's the Ramada Inn on North Gannon Avenue. A migrant uh, who resided there apparently has been taken into custody, but we could not get a confirmation on that. Police investigating how the drugs ended up in this hotel and who brought them there. And that taking place, it was a migrant night of sorts. Uh, let's go over to Queens, where now you have homeless New Yorkers being kicked out of a shelter to make room for the migrants. In this case, it is single men who are living at the Flushing Meadows Hotel. And, uh, when I say hotel, this is not, you know, this is not a fancy place, but it was a room for these guys to live in as they tried to sort of put their lives to back together. And last night, they were told, they say with very short notice, that they had to vacate either last night or by this morning. And many of these men said they were told that they would be sheltered elsewhere in the Bronx or Staten Island but they said it wasn't clear where they were going next. They
3: didn't even give us a short notice. They just told us, woke us up and told us that we had to pack our stuff.
4: Everyone's packing up and getting ready to go. They just said pack up and some people leave tonight, others in the morning.
3: You know when you're where you're going
4: to. Not at all.
1: Now someone inside City Hall telling us that they converted this uh motel or hotel into a shelter for migrant families from Venezuela. So they'll push these guys out, some of, by the way, who have jobs in the neighborhood, right there in Queens, to now move them to the Bronx much further away, out to Staten Island. And uh, they're upset, as you might guess.
4: Everyone's just concerned, and it's it's just a little, my anxiety is like a little high right now. It's a lot going on, and I'm not really sure where it'll end.
1: Yeah, so some of them sent to the Bronx, some of them sent to Staten Island, and uh, they say, you know, they're just going to have to follow whatever the city tells them because they have nowhere else, where else to go.
3: I honestly don't feel, think it's fair because I already pay taxes as it is. I'm already living in the shelter, and being that this is my first time going through the shelter system to get treated like this at a time when I need the help of the city, that that's already crazy in itself.
4: Yeah, it's another obstacle that shouldn't really be there, but it's but it is. I just have to figure
1: out a way around it. Yeah, and they will have to do that. So we'll, of course, continue to follow that story again. Curtis will have the latest details on that Staten Island protest coming up 7.05 this morning right here with Sid and Friends in the Morning on 77 WABC. Let's go out to New Jersey. Not a whole lot more details, but what else can you say about a family of four? Dying in an apparent murder-suicide in a Plainsboro, New Jersey home. We do have more details. They gave us the names of the family members and of this uh, 6-year-old girl and a 10-year-old boy. And what they have told us, it was the father who killed his wife and killed his two kids. And uh, the neighborhood in shock. Uh, People said they knew this family pretty well, and they had no guess that anything bad was going on inside that house, but clearly it was. They're a
4: very sweet family, extremely, you know, loving couple and children. Yeah, so it's extremely shocking and sad.
1: Yeah, the children often seen playing outside with their parents. Police were called to that house on Wednesday after people had not heard from them a while, and then they found those four bodies inside the home. Out to uh, Long Island, the former campaign treasurer for Long Island Congressman George Santos. Pleading guilty yesterday to federal fraud charges, Nancy Marks, attorney, claims the embattled congressman mentally seduced her, saying Marks uh, deeply regrets her actions. Men
3: and women who manipulate people for their own benefit someday will pay the price.
1: Nancy paid the price for believing in it. And it's a dear price. She's given up her... So Korea, basically, for reputation. Marks admitted to filing false reports about the amount of donations to the Santos campaign, what they were receiving back in 20 and 22. Santos himself pled not guilty, you'll remember, in the spring to several fraud charges. And finally, a 13-year-old singer-songwriter from Warwick in uh, the Hudson Valley making her national TV deb- debut on the NBC hit show The Voice. Her name's Julia Room. And, um boy, she sounds great. Uh, dream a little dream of me. That's what uh, catapulted her to stardom on this show. The judges uh trying to figure out who was going to represent her, if you haven't watched this thing. Stars shining bright above you
0: My breezes seem to whisper I love you Birds singing in the sycamore tree
1: Little dream of me. So that uh, clip I'm playing for you there already has more than a million views on YouTube. She's homeschooled uh, Julia, eighth grader, and uh, she's back home as she waits to see how far she's going to go in this contest.
0: This opportunity is just super big. I've already gotten, you know, verified on Instagram. Which I'm excited about. <laughs> and overall, it's just been really, really
1: fun. Yeah, big deal to be verified on Instagram. So, Julia Room will root for her. She's moved on to the next round. Lots of comparisons to Taylor Swift because she writes her own songs and plays guitars and uh, the guitar and sings.